I'm a local loan officer in West Palm Beach, Florida. I've been in the mortgage industry for the last eight years. I've worked in the industry throughout the country. I've closed over a thousand loans during my career, so I've seen it all. I'm on a mission to make mortgages both entertaining and educational. Welcome to Lending with Leah. This is the podcast for anyone thinking of potentially owning in the process of buying, or maybe you own your own home already. Magical mortgages. I love it. That's great. So thank you everyone for joining. We are actually on episode 30 today. I can't believe it. That's awesome. So, and we have a very special guest to introduce. Welcome, Marissa Michaels. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. And Marissa is a mortgage broker with Level 10 Mortgage, Mm -hmm. and we're so happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited. And tell everyone, I did an episode on it a while back. We've had a couple other loan officers on here, but you're a mortgage broker. Mm -hmm. So just as a nice friendly little recap for everyone, give everyone a quick synopsis what a mortgage broker is versus a loan officer. Absolutely. So um, as a mortgage broker, I have the ability to work with multiple lenders. So I have over 10 lenders that I work with that offer different products, different rates, different levels of service. Um, So I can go through all of those lenders, see what best fits for the customer that I am currently working with, and then I Mm -hmm. can go from there. And um, yeah, it's great. And that's one application, one credit pull, right? Absolutely. With the ability to shop. Absolutely. So it's a one-stop shop. I love that. (laughs) Well, today's episode, we're going to really get into the nitty-gritty of financing for condos because I've talked about it a little bit before but condos are I'm going to use the word a beast in of Mm -hmm. themselves and the financing requirements for condos is going to be quite different than that of single-family homes Mm -hmm. and I think it's important especially with us being here in Florida we have a lot of condos here for you guys to really understand what that looks like. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to give you guys some good uh, tips and tricks to financing a condo today. And before we do that, as always, I want everyone to get to know you a little bit more first, Marissa. That way they're not just like, who's this person talking? Like they actually know you a little bit more. Absolutely. So tell everyone just a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So um, currently I live in Florida, but I'm originally from Delaware. So I'm from oh, the cold. I knew that. Yes. Ooh, so cold. <laughs> I know. So I grew up in the snow, but my ultimate goal is to move down to Florida. So now I'm here. When did you get here? Uh, in the summer of 2020. Ooh, so right during the lockdown. Yep. So um, came here right after I graduated college. It was awesome. It was me and my dog Bella came down here, my Aww. little rescue pup. So she's a little chocolate pit lab mix. She's my baby, my other half. (laughs) I live from someone who doesn't have kids but has pets too. Mine are cats, but I get it. That like just that love for for your pet and your baby. She's my she's spoiled. She sleeps under the covers at night. So yeah, she's my (laughs) child. (laughs) Um, But it was the best move we made. I moved down here to start my career in the mortgage industry. So that got me here. So it kind of all seems meant to be the place I wanted to be, the career I was interested in. So what got you 
interested in the mortgage field because I feel like there's not many people out mm -hmm. there that just wake up one day and go, I want to be in mortgages. <laughs> like, that's what I want to do. It yeah. seems to fall randomly. So how did that happen for you? Definitely. Um, so my dad's been in the mortgage industry for 38 years now. So mm -hmm. I went to college and business school. Mm -hmm. Didn't really have a, I'll say, driving passion for what field I kind of wanted to enter into once I graduated. So my dad was like, what about the mortgage business? Like, <laughs> you grew up around it. And my whole life, I mean, I've heard him on the phone. I would always tell him, like, you were speaking a different language. Like, what are you saying? And it is like a we different know. language. Yeah, now we have that different language that mm -hmm. we use daily. <laughs> uh, but I was always super interested in it. So luckily, I landed a job opportunity in Florida for uh, the mortgage industry. And I took it. And here I am today. Now, you've worked a few different roles within the industry. You haven't just been a mortgage broker. Mm -hmm. So tell everyone a little bit about some of those other roles that you did. Yeah, so I worked for a wholesale mortgage company. So actually, the company that I worked for is one of the lenders that we broker through, which mm -hmm. is great. Um, so I did a couple different jobs over there. So I worked a little bit in the opening portion of the loan. So when the loan first comes in, I would kind of get the documents together for the underwriter. Um, I would oversee the underwriting process, and then I worked a little in closing as well. So I loved that job, and it taught me a lot about the mortgage business. I mean, mm -hmm. there's so much to learn. So I was grateful to be able to have a bunch of different little positions in that job. Um, but I always wanted to be working directly with the client. That was always something yeah. that I felt like I lacked because I got to work directly with the mortgage broker, uh, but I never got to you know, be at the closing table, see the completion of the process, you know, shake the borrower's hand and give them their keys. And that right. always excited me. Well, so, and the difference too is to some of us in the industry, I hate to say like a piece of paper because definitely you're not a piece of paper, but it can feel that way because mm -hmm. you don't have that interaction mm -hmm. with a client like you do when you're on the forefront Absolutely. of the process. Yeah, so um, I already have my license and I decided to take the leap and become a mortgage broker and utilize my license. And it's definitely fulfilled everything that I thought it would. I love going to closings, you know, being a part of the transaction and knowing you got that client into a home is so fulfilling. And if you are interested in the mortgage business or real estate, I promise you <laughs> it's a great feeling if you would ever like to do that as well. It is. We actually did an episode a while back on, so you want to be in the mortgage industry or you want to work in the mortgage industry. Mm -hmm. We actually had another loan officer come in and we kind of talked through some of the different roles and what it looks like. But the industries, uh, in my opinion, can be very life changing. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a very rewarding business. You need to be hardworking, you need to be organized. Um, but at the end of the day, if you put your heart into it and you put all your hard work into it, super rewarding, love the industry. A lot to learn, new every day. Yeah. Well, and you gotta understand and know how to finance different types of properties, that right? Too. <laughs> like <that's, laughs> you like the like smooth little segue there? <laughs> That was perfect. Where is it? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Everyone's laughing with us. I love it. Okay, so we're going to jump into the condo portion of today's episode. 
And we're going to be breaking down how these types of properties work. Mm -hmm. And we're going to end the episode with six different tips on basically how to best prepare yourself and work through buying a condo to get yourself set up for success in that area. Awesome. So let's just jump right Mm -hmm. on in. Okay. So let's start with breaking out how different types of loans work with condos. Yeah, absolutely. So most of the time when you are going to be financing a condo, you're going to be in that conventional loan area. So limited condos are approved for FHA and VA. Mm -hmm. So you're going to want to make sure that you're in that range uh, to be approved for a conventional loan just because that's the majority of what Do you know why that is? Because I get that question sometimes. Like, sometimes clients will be like, well, why isn't there so many that are FHA approved or VA approved? Yeah, please tell. So one, not necessarily VA, but FHA, what I've always heard is that the condo association, Mm -hmm. they have to be the ones to initiate the approval process. And it's a lot of documentation Mm -hmm. and it costs them money. And I think, as we all know, I don't know many people that like HOAs. (laughs) I don't know how much they want to spend money on doing the FHA approval process. Mm -hmm. So that's typically why you don't see as many. Surprisingly, VA, I do actually see a substantial amount more, Mm -hmm. not as many as conventional, but conventional. I do see a decent amount of VA-approved condos Mm -hmm. out there, though. Yeah, absolutely. VA, conventional, I'd say FHA is probably the most slim. Yeah, FHA is definitely the most slim. I would 100%, maybe USDA too, but I don't know if they build condo buildings in rural. Yeah, (laughs) not really. (laughs) Don't know if I would trust that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't know if I would trust that either. Oh. But, so let's say someone can't get approved for a conventional loan, Mm -hmm. but they are approved for maybe a VA or FHA loan. Where can someone go to find out what condos in their area might be approved for this type of financing already? Yeah, so you can go on Google and just simply look up a list of FHA approved condo projects, and it'll take you right directly to the website, and you'll find a list. You can just type in your condo association and see if it's approved. Pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And it's there. And that, that helps with your search, too. So that's something you can do as the buyer. Uh, your loan officer can provide a list mm-hmm. to you. Your agent can look it up. That way, you're searching within the parameters of associations you know are already approved. Absolutely. And that's why it's super important to work with a trusted agent and mortgage broker, um, just because you want to work with someone that's knowledgeable on that topic and make sure you're working with someone who knows what they're doing before you're going to lose money on, you know, an earnest money deposit or something that you can lose money on. You want to work with trusted agents and partners. Absolutely. Really any part of the mortgage real estate transaction process, whether you're buying cash, you're getting a loan, you want to work with people you trust. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Jacob, who was a guest we had on here a couple weeks ago, we did an episode on fraud, and that was one of his tips, too, was one of the best ways to avoid fraud is by working with people 
that you trust. Absolutely. At the end so of the day. Important. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then in regards to that, what does that mean for a client? If they are able to approve for a conventional loan, what does that kind of look like? That's a great question. So if you're approved for a conventional loan and you want a condo, now we'll kind of get into some of the more nitty gritty Mm -hmm. pieces of it. So here's the biggest thing I tell clients when they want a condo is that there's two approvals going on at the same time. There's your approval as the buyer, but then the HOA, the condo project itself, also has to go through an approval process. And you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. So just because you might get approved for for a loan, if the condo's not, you're not getting a loan nope. for that building or that unit or whatever it is. You know, so that's important to know. You have two pieces going here. Uh, <laughs> Funny, maybe not a funny story, but just something for people to keep in mind. Have you had to deal with HOAs? A little bit. So HOAs are a nightmare to deal with. (laughs) Um, So you want to give yourself enough time too, because just because you might be on top of your stuff in getting through your process, doesn't mean the HOA is on top of sending over their stuff for their part of the process. I think the only time in my career I have ever actually yelled at someone, like truly (laughs) (laughs) yelled at someone, it was an HOA person. And that doesn't surprise me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This guy was the most horrible, rude, disrespectful, unhelpful person I think I've ever had to work with in my life. And it actually was so, we were trying to get one last piece for the approval. And it got so bad, not that we couldn't get it, but this HOA guy was just absolutely refusing to provide the information that the lender actually made an exception to approve the condo without it. Wow. Because they knew they weren't going to get it because this guy was so <laughs> awful. That's crazy. <laughs> And it's like someone's mortgage, and they they just stand still. They're like, no. I think people who work at HOAs are on a power trip. I was going to say, it's kind of like people who work at DMVs. They're just never happy. Oh, my gosh. Where's, like, awful, awful. Yeah. Unhappy. Yeah. Oh, there was one time. So when you're getting a condo, one of there's going to be some fees. Mm -hmm. right like a condo questionnaire fee usually an application fee Mm -hmm. sometimes they're going to pay you have to pay for like the bylaws and the legal documents and all that so I had this one client purchasing a condo and we reached out to the association and we're like okay how does the buyer pay for their questionnaire and the lady goes by check only and you have to physically drop the check off in our office. We will not accept mail, nothing else. <laughs> so I drove to the client's house, got the check, mm-hmm. drove it to the HOA, dropped it off, waited a week, called the HOA, followed up, and no, like, no answer, couldn't get a hold of them. So I drove down there to 
physically follow up in person because they were not answering my call. Got there and I'm like, we dropped the check off last week, this and that, you know, we haven't heard anything. And the lady literally comes over to her desk and she goes through her papers. She goes, oh, you mean this? She sets down the check with a big void on it. And I'm like, why did you void my client's check? She goes, you didn't attach a cover sheet. What? (laughs) I was like, but it's on the memo line of the check. And she's like, I need a separate cover sheet and I can't leave checks just sitting here. What are we in like English class? (laughs) So that's potentially what it's kind of like getting a class. Sounds fun, right? (laughs) I don't want to scare anyone. I feel like these stories might be scaring people, but. That's what we go through. We see it all guys. (laughs) But just want you guys to know too, like this is it. The whole point of this show is to give you guys a peek behind the curtain to Mm -hmm. show you exactly what goes on to help empower you and inform you to make the best decisions for yourselves. And this, this is kind of what happens. Yeah. We're just being honest. (laughs) (laughs) We do have good experiences too. Yes. Just the bad ones stick out. Yeah. You tend to remember the bad ones a little more than the good ones. Exactly. (laughs) But... Will you, Marissa, tell everyone, so we have the two different, right? The buyer has their approval, Mm -hmm. the condo has theirs, but there's two different types Mm -hmm. of condo approval processes. Yep, so there is a limited review and then a full review. So there's one major difference uh, between those reviews. The limited review is not gonna look into the financials and a full review is. So Mm -hmm. if you wanna touch more onto that. Yeah, so what that means and let's break down documents right when you're getting a condo for your condo approval there's certain documents that are required by the hoa for a full review that is going to be things like the approved budget the approved balance sheet for the association ccnrs bylaws these are like rules and regulations Uh, a condo questionnaire which is just a big form that just asks the condo project to fill out a bunch of information. We have to get copies of the master insurance. And on a limited review, you do not need the budget. You do not need the balance sheet. Uh, Sometimes you don't even need the CCNRs and bylaws. Sometimes you do. And the questionnaire is much less extensive. It's very, it's much smaller Mm -hmm. than that of a full review. Now, one of the things I think is important for people to know is when you're looking at the budget, I think the biggest thing is you look for the 10% in reserves. Yep, absolutely. So that 10% needs to be dedicated towards maintenance and deferred maintenance if that is the case. And that's pretty much what they're going to really zoom in on. So if your budget shows anything less than 10% in reserves. Like I'm talking 9.99. I have Mm -hmm. seen condos get turned down for 9.99. It's gotta be 10% or more to qualify for a full review. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if it's less than that, the condo project is gonna be a limited review only and you won't be able to, you won't be able to do a full review on it. Yep. I think Something that's important for you guys to just think about, though, and consider, because I know there's there's a lot of fear 
mm-hmm. with condos, especially what happened in Miami here in Florida recently. And when you're looking into getting a condo for purchase, especially especially one that you want to live in, I think you've got to think to yourself too, how important is it to you personally for those, for how the financials should look? Absolutely. Right? So maybe they're only doing 5% in reserves and you can do a limited review, but do you really want to live in a condo project that only has 5% in reserves? Mm -hmm. I think that's an important question you have to ask yourself in the buying process. Definitely. Yeah, I agree, especially after what happened in Miami. Mm-hmm. Got to put you and yourself first. So definitely important to consider. And what are some of the, so we've talked about the differences, mm-hmm. full, limited. Now, how does someone qualify for a limited review versus a full review? Like what's the difference there in that? Yeah. So if you are looking for a limited review, um, it's going to be based on your down payment. So you can put 10% down for a primary in all states, and it's gonna be 25% down for a second home and investment property, except in Florida. Wait, where's the... (laughs) (laughs) Except in Florida where we are right now. (laughs) So if you are in Florida, it's 25% down for a primary and 30% down for a second home or an investment property. So big difference. Huge difference. So what that means, in blanket terms, if you want to purchase a condo and the reserves are less than 10%, you have to put 25% down yep. or more, or it's not happening. Period. End of story. Yep. So something to just think about and consider is your down payment requirement could be larger. Mm-hmm. Uh, now on full reviews, it's normal conventional requirements. Yep. So. Like I'm helping a girl right now, she's pre-approved for a condo and we can do conventional 3% down. Awesome. Great. But we have to make sure Mm -hmm. the condo she's looking for are approved for full reviews. Mm -hmm. Yep, very important. And then not only, because there's more. (laughs) But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Not only do you have limited reviews, full reviews, but you also have what's called non-warrantable condos. What's a non-warrantable condo? So it's a condo that has an eligible project characteristics. Meaning you can't buy it with conventional financing, Mm -hmm. period, no matter how much money you put down. Yep. Doesn't qualify at all. So what that limits you to is going to be, there are some non-qualified mortgage loans. I think of that as the in-between world between hard money and your government-backed mortgages that will allow non-warrantable condos, hard money, or cash. Mm-hmm. So Marissa and I are going to go through the list yep. of ineligible project characteristics for you guys. So if you're looking for a condo and they have any of these things, yep. can't do it. Can we start off? Yeah, go right ahead. We brought we brought our notes because there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. We want to make sure we are on point. So uh, the first couple, it's a timeshare. 
a fractional or a segmented ownership project. Um, if it's a new project where the seller is offering sale or financing structures in excess of Fannie Mae's eligibility for individual mortgage loans. So these excess Excessive. <laughs> These, it's okay, I mess up words all the time. Australia. <laughs> These excessive structures include, but are not limited to, builder developer contributions, sales concessions, HOA assessments, or principal and interest payment abatements, and or contributions not disclosed on the settlement statement. And we'll throw one more in there. Mm -hmm. Any project that permits a priority lien for unpaid common expenses in excess of Fannie Mae's priority lien limitation. Just threw a lot at you guys. Yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> lots of really fancy words there. Ultimately, in this case, you guys rely on your loan officer. Exactly. You know, at the end of the day, rely on your loan officer, rely on your real estate agent. You don't have to worry about remembering all that. <laughs> yeah, just let us decode it for you. <laughs> Some other ones, projects that are managed and operated as a hotel or motel, even though the in units are individually owned. Mm -hmm. We like to call these condo tells. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're very big and popular in your more touristy type areas. Mm -hmm. So Miami has a ton of them. I know Siesta Key has a lot of them. I'm sure we've got a lot of them here in West Palm too. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that that's a key. That one's pretty easy to remember. If you're going someplace and it's managed at like a hotel. Not gonna work. Not working. Projects with covenants, conditions, and restrictions. Remember when I said CC and R's? Mm -hmm. That's what it stands for. Covenants, conditions, and restrictions that split ownership of the property or curtail an individual buyer, borrower's ability to utilize the property. So basically with this one, if there's rules in there that would prevent, I guess is the word mm -hmm. to use, prevent the buyer from being able to utilize their property, that wouldn't be allowed. You want to do the yeah, next? I'll, take over. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the big I'll one. Do that, sorry. <laughs> All right. So another one um, is a multi-dwelling unit project that permits an owner to hold title or stock ownership and the accompanying occupancy rights to more than one dwelling unit with ownership of all of their own units or shares, evidenced by a single deed and financed by a single mortgage or a share loan. Oof. That's a lot. <laughs> I didn't even know until I started really working on condos when I moved to Florida that there was even a thing as multi-unit dwellings. Me neither. In, it's basically like if they're like how we have duplexes and mm -hmm. triplexes, it'd be like a duplex condo unit. <laughs> Why not just sense. have two separate units? Yeah, I don't get right? it. Florida is always different. <laughs> in good and bad ways. Yes. <laughs> um, moving on. Projects with property that is not real estate, such as a houseboat project. So needs to be real estate. Mm -hmm. Can't be in the water. 
And those floating houses over on Pina Island, you can't yeah. get a condo loan. For you you got to buy that in cash. <laughs> they are pretty cool, though. I don't know if you've seen, I've seen them. them. Yeah, they're cool. Anytime we're out on the water, I'm like, oh, there's a house floating. I know, it's, it's so, so cool. weird. Any project that is owned or operated as a continuing care facility. Think of this as, you know, our elderly population, mm-hmm. um, maybe a home where there's people with disabilities. If it's any kind of care facility and it's being operated as such, you would not be able to get a conventional mortgage on mm-hmm. it. Um, so any projects with non-incidental business operations owned or operated by the HOA, including but not limited to a restaurant, a spa, or a health club. It's kind of self-explanatory. I think so. <laughs> oh, there's more. There's more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Okay. Projects with mandatory upfront or periodic membership fees for the use of recreational amenities, such as a country club facilities and golf courses, owned by an outside party, including the developer or builder. Membership fees paid for the use of recreational amenities owned exclusively by the HOA or Master Association are acceptable. Mm -hmm. Most associations or condos are going to have pools or clubhouses, things like that. But in most cases, those are going to be owned and operated by the HOA. But in some cases, when they're owned by other third parties, uh, I know a big one here locally that I get asked all the time is, of course, now I'm going to forget it. While we're on the episode, (laughs) I'm going to forget what it is. Uh, Well, we'll come back to it. But there's a big one here that's got a recreational lease on it mm-hmm. and can't do it. Can't do it. Pickleball, nope. all that fun stuff. Can't do it. <laughs> Darn pickleball. <laughs> all right. Uh, projects that do not meet the requirements for live work projects. Yeah. What do you think that means, honestly? Um, I would have to see the live work yeah. projects below for additional detail. <laughs> we got to get another printout next time, guys. <laughs> um, and then projects in which the HOA or co-op corporation is named as a party to pending litigation or for which the project sponsor or developer is named as a party to pending litigation that relates to the safety, structural soundness, habitability or functional use of the project this is a big one that i can talk on with some specific examples so i've done a few condos where there was pending litigation and we were able to get it approved so keep this in mind just because there's pending litigation doesn't mean it can't get approved it depends on what the litigation is for so you do have to get some extra documents you gotta get Mm -hmm. all the legal stuff But this is the piece, anything that relates to the safety, structural soundness, habitability, or functional use of the project. So going back to the awful occurrence that happened in Miami, there was things not right Mm -hmm. with that building, right? The the safety was not there. It was not structurally sound. Mm -hmm. So if there is any litigation for those items, 
you cannot get conventional financing. And I do think now more than ever, it's important to really look into those things when you're purchasing a condo. Absolutely. You know, it, it's you're gonna it's gonna be your home, you guys, if mm-hmm. that's what you're purchasing. So empowering you to mm-hmm. take that ownership into your hands and just check these extra things just for your own peace of mind. Absolutely. Um, projects in which a single entity, such as the same individual, investor group, partnership, or corporation, if they own more than the following total number of units in the project, which is projects with five to 20 units, if they own two units, or projects with 21 or more units, if they own 20%. So those would be ineligible. And my sheet actually did not print correctly, so you've got the rest on yours, so you take it away. All right. (laughs) So uh, now we are going to loop into the six steps that we're going to give you guys um, if you're interested in buying a condo. So let's get into it. All right. So step one, I would highly suggest work on getting that credit score up as high as possible Mm -hmm. to increase your increases increase your chance of a conventional loan Mm -hmm. if you've listened to previous episodes we did a little series i broke out va fha and conventional we went over some credit score requirements everyone knows you guys should know because i know you're listening credit score requirements are higher and a little bit stricter on conventional loans and the higher you are the better your rate is so yeah because Rates on conventional loans for condos, that's that's a good point too. Condos have higher interest rates yes. than single family homes. Expect this. Because it's a riskier type of property, mm-hmm. the interest rate is higher. And when your credit score is below 700 and you're purchasing a condo, mm. I think I cringe a little when I look at those <laughs> rates. I'm like, Ooh. Yeah, I don't, Ooh. I don't think I want that. <laughs> So work on that credit. That's step one if you want to buy a condo. Yep, absolutely. What's tip two? Step two, uh, save up enough money to do a limited review. So like we discussed, this is usually the more attractive route. So again, it's going to be 10% down for a primary in all states except Florida. (laughs) 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 It's 25% down for a primary in Florida. So that gets you a limited review. And the nice part about that, just having that and preparing for it, is that it just opens up your selection of condo projects that are available to you. Now that you have to, you can definitely do a full review, Mm -hmm. but if you want the maximum amount of options open, you gotta have a little more money saved. Absolutely. Wanna hit step three? Step three, we have said this before, work with a real estate agent and a lender who understands the condo approval process. Mm -hmm. I know so many times, like even listing agents, right? Listing agents will put on their listing, financing, these types of financing options are available. You know how many condos I've seen with FHA and VA (laughs) financing options on the listing and I'm like, (laughs) But it's not. It's not approved for. <laughs> but you actually don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, and this is a good tip too. If you're selling a condo, pick an agent, buyer's agent or listing agent that understands how condos 
work and how the financing for them works. Absolutely. It's super important. And what is step four? So step four, um, if you're going to go with a full review, request a copy of the budget and balance sheet from the HOA prior to submitting an offer. So your lender can check to make sure that those reserve requirements that we spoke about earlier are in place just so that you are safe and yeah. It's an easy, now just because, I wanna put a pin in this, Mm -hmm. just because the condo project meets the 10% reserve requirement does not mean it's gonna get approved Mm -hmm. fully, but it does take a big guesswork out of it. You know, so if you have to do a full review, we can check that qualifying factor upfront before you make an offer, before you start going through the process. Absolutely. Step five. Step five, be prepared to make payments to the HOA quickly. (laughs) Don't piss them off. Don't piss them off. (laughs) We talked about this. Remember how I mentioned there's a questionnaire and there's an application and sometimes there's They'll charge you fees for other documents. Pay those as soon as you can because Mm -hmm. I am telling you, most of the time, their turnaround times are like two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to rush, it's like 10 days for a rush that you got to pay more for. Pay it right away. That way we get it started and it doesn't hold up your process. Absolutely. And step six. Our last step is um, our personal opinion. Make friends with the HOA. They may push things through for you. They may make the process happier and more smooth. Bonus, I know it's probably really hard to make friends with the HOA. Yeah, it might be. But if you can, like if you're gonna go drop a check off, maybe bring some cookies. Yeah. Honestly, that actually probably is, yeah, it's not a bad idea. Feed them, that's what they want. I want food too, I love it when people feed me. I'm like, oh. Immediately I like you if you have food. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much everyone for listening in. I hope you enjoyed it. Six steps, right, if you want to purchase a condo, Now, we went over a lot of stuff in this episode, and again, like the ineligible characteristics, things like that, we gave you a lot of mumbo-jumbo jargon. You do not have to remember it all. No. Just ask your trusted mortgage advisor. Ask your trusted mortgage (laughs) advisor. We keep saying it over and over and over again. But do that. You know, there is a lot more to condos. But this is a really good base understanding for everyone on what that process kind of looks like. And yeah, if everyone, if anyone, anyone, everyone, (laughs) all around the world. (laughs) If anyone has any additional questions, if you're interested in a condo, if you wanna learn more about it, how can everyone find you and reach you, Marissa? So you can find me via Instagram which you can find here. It's also marissa.michaels.mlo. So feel free to message me. Um, You can comment, like, anything. You can also reach me by myself, which is 302-299-8150. And I'm more than happy to speak with you. 
And you guys all know where to find me. Hopefully now at this point, if you're it's episode 30, I hope you know where to find <laughs> you me at. <laughs> uh, all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Lending with Leah. Leah spelled L-E-A-H because I know there's some other Leahs out there that spell it weird. <laughs> this is the cool way. Just saying. <laughs> also, have a um, email lendingwithleah at gmail.com. If there's anything you guys want to learn more about or a specific topic you want me to teach on, just shoot me an email. I would love to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for tuning into episode 30, and we will see you again next week. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. <laughs>